The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Let me tell you who's doing sneakers the best in the game right now. That's New Balance. The two-way V4, featuring this groundbreaking use of technology with fresh foam. It's called Fuel Cell, creating this combination that we love of rebound and cushioning. Fresh Foam offers unparalleled cushioning for maximum comfort your entire game from start to finish. The upper construction features this lightweight textile that reduces weight, which we all need, I know I do, while remaining supportive and breathable. Hard to find that combo. The two-way V4 gives you the tools that you need to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way V4 at newbalance.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. On this episode of the Heat Check, it's trade deadline week. Thursday, 3 o'clock Eastern Standard Time is the NBA trade deadline. So we are bringing our own resident trade transaction guru, Yahoo's Jake Fisher, friend of show, to break down all the rumors for us as we get ready for the big week. Is it going to be a lot of transactions? Is it going to be more like chill? We're going to have to see a whole lot of tea to get into. So let's get right into it, Anthony, and drop that fucking beat. It should be Rihanna. trade deadline are we going to see? I think it's going to be active, but active like on the edges. And like, I mean, this time last year, we didn't know that Kyrie Irving was going to try to negotiate an extension and then that fall apart and then him request a trade. I guess maybe it was this time of year because it was like over the, it was the weekend before the deadline that happened. Like, I think it was maybe Friday and then, like, by Sunday, like, he was traded to Dallas and it was done. Um, and then we didn't know KD was going to request a trade after that. But, I mean, short of all the Jalen Green Houston stuff that's come out this week, like, there really hasn't been anything new of late that's been, like, a surprise. It's been DeJounte Murray, Bruce Brown. And then you kind of go down the list from there. And not to besmirch those two players, but I, I don't think either of those players are going to have – Especially with like the, t- I mean, if Dejounte went to the Lakers, 
you know, I don't think he makes them a real Western Conference contender overnight. You know what I mean? I think he really helps them and improves them. Point of attack defense, getting another ball handler creator that eases the pressure on LeBron. But I don't think anyone looks at the Lakers adding DeJounte Murray you know, in theory and saying, oh, now they're just as good as the top four of the West, which like has clearly cemented themselves, right? It's Denver, OKC, Clippers, Minnesota, in, in some order, depending how you look at it. So, I mean, that's how the standings are right now. But they're like six, they're like five games ahead of everybody else, and then there's everybody else. So I don't think there's like a move for any of – I don't think there's a player out there on the board that helps any team get into that threshold. And the same thing in the East. Like I don't think there's anything that's going to make – I mean, Indiana made their big move to get Pascal Siakam, for example, and they're just like hoping to be a four or five seed type team, right? So – it's Same a, thing with the Knicks too, and OG and Anobi. Like they made their massive. That was that's going to be probably the biggest move that was made before the deadline, right? Like it, when when it's all said and done, and we look back in history, you know how a team got changed. Like the OG trade, that's got to be the one, right? For sure. But if you look back even further, and this is also another reason why I'm not expecting like so many fireworks. Like James Harden got dealt to the Clippers in November. And Dane yeah. Miller got traded to Milwaukee from your Portland Trailblazers in, you know, preseason. Like, if you want to count all those trades as trades that happened, quote, before the deadline because they happened during the season, I'm like, we've already seen some real consequential stuff go down. So that, <laughs> to me, is another factor in, in all this. You mentioned Jalen Green. That heated up kind of like almost out of nowhere. And... I know the me and the homies in the group chat have been talking about how Jalen Green doesn't fit on this team for a while. Not just what they're doing, but what they want to do. And I don't think you can change the DNA of a player and how they want to play stylistically, especially overnight. How did how did that come out of there? And is that like to for them to try to make a playoff push, or is that just to like? He's been playing so well against garbage teams. His numbers are bananas, so we could probably get a lot for him. No, it's definitely more bigger than like what he's done the last week or so. And I haven't really written about this yet or talked about it too much just because like, I don't think he's going to get moved. So, I mean, I'd heard about the Mikhail Bridges offer that has gotten bandied about left and right. And, I mean, I, I really, as much as there's like tons of naysayers on – X and Twitter who were happy to say like, ah, oh, these, these guys just throw out every rumor they hear in the notebook and like 50% of them will stick. Like I, I really do try to only write things that I think have a realistic chance of happening. And sure. The Rockets are super active and exploring a lot of stuff. I just, to me, like whether it would be Jalen green or whether it's someone like Trey Young, for example, to tra to trade a true franchise, like quote unquote building block, or someone who was in that position at a certain point in time of this calendar year, it's so hard to move those guys during the season. So I would expect that if there is any real thing to be had there. I would expect that would happen more likely this summer, especially being that I don't see many like young players with upside that 
are going to be available to do that kind of deal at this point in time. But like you get to the summer, what if New Orleans falls flat? What if, you know, go down the list? What if Milwaukee, you know, just any, any, there's so much opportunity, I think, for teams hoping to improve their roster with real draft capital, with real, you know, in theory, blue chip players to go pursue guys in the summer. So, but, but, but with Houston, like, Right from the jump, Ime Udoka established the fact that he wanted to have a defensive-minded culture, just like he did in Boston. And that's why they targeted Fred VanVleet and Dylan Brooks and Brooke Lopez out in free agency. And that's been what they've been trying to do throughout the season, teach winning principles, number one, but I think mostly through the lens of, of defense. And Jalen Green has just not proven to be on Bad. any path other than like what Zach Levine is in Chicago right now. And we're seeing how how much of a struggle it is for the Bulls to, to move off of him. So, And like dating back to the summer, I wrote at Yahoo that the Rockets, when they were having their head coaching search process, meeting with candidates before Ime Doka. And I even talked to someone about it this week who was an assistant coach who interviewed for the Rockets job. And he said, man, a lot of these jobs when you interview, like – they're kind of asking you some questions and poking around about what you think about the roster. But he said the Rockets were just full bear. Like, all right, who are these guys do you think we should trade? Like, which ones do you think we should go after? Which one should be the ones we're sending out the door? And I wrote that. I wrote that the Rockets pitched the idea to coaches about moving Jalen Green for a star. And Rockets Twitter freaked out. Like, Jake Fisher doesn't know anything. Jalen Green's our baby. He's the greatest player of all time. And you just you, you come around February and the evaluation period has been what it's been. This team is now Alperin Sengun's team with Fred Van Viet playing still at an all-star caliber level. Dylan Brooks still doing Dylan Brooks things. Jabari Smith's really taking strides. I know he's been in and out of the lineup with injury stuff, but got Tari. Cam Whitmore there. too. Cam, yeah, so it's just – it's easier than ever, I'd say, for – the Rockets to squint and consider a future without him in it, especially if he's able to go get them someone who I believe their their goal would be to use him to acquire a defensive mind wing such as Mikhail Bridges. But the Nets, as it's been widely reported, they have no interest there. They feel like they're kind of Toronto Raptors-esque, don't they? Like, I'm, I'm hearing – Two first-round picks were offered for Dorian Finney-Smith. They said no. What was it? Four first-round picks offered for Mikael Bridges. No. The team is in shambles. Like, just doesn't make sense roster-wise. Like, they just don't. Way too many wings. And and I love wings. It's a wing-driven league. <laughs> but but what, what's going on there? And, like, do you think Dorian, Dorian Finney-Smith ends up getting moved uh, before the deadline as well? So I believe, and I'm not trying to poke holes in anyone else's reporting, but I believe the two first-round picks that Brooklyn said no to Dorian Finney-Smith, I think that happened this summer. And I think it was, to my knowledge, the Indiana Pacers were in on him back when the Pacers had three picks in the first round last year, and they were looking at ways to consolidate. And the Memphis Grizzlies as well. You know, they had a couple picks, and they ended up using those two picks to get Marcus Smart. So I, I 
honestly, from, from my conversations, and I could be wrong, but from my conversations, I'd be shocked if they got two firsts for him right now. I think I think in an ideal scenario for Brooklyn that they're gonna get one for him. And with Royce O'Neal, like I think they might end up only getting two seconds. Like the Suns have lost the aspirations, right? They're seems like their top target is Miles Bridges. And if they're not able to get him, I feel like they're a very good succession plan for them would be to try to take that Nasir Little two seconds offer and send that to Brooklyn for Royce O'Neal. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Uh, you mentioned the bell of the ball, DeJounte Murray. Like, he's kind of the one that is the biggest name. There's been yeah. so many teams circulating around him that I've heard. Obviously, the Lakers is the one that's heating up. But besides the Lakers, what teams do you think are actually realistic pursuing squads for him? Uh, I've heard a lot of, like, cursor interest. Like, I've heard Brooklyn, for example, right, that – they checked in, and I, I, I don't think the Nets really want to meet the Hawks' asking price right now. The Hawks' price is two first-round picks and a player, and they don't want – if the player is not someone that they see as a long-term fit, they don't want that player to have any long-term salary. So I like, I don't know if the Nets – I mean, I, I, I don't think the Nets want to pay that price. New York, I don't think, wants to pay that price. I think the Knicks would be happy to give a first for DeJounte Murray. But that's where that's not where the Hawks stand right now. I've heard Detroit linked there, but the team that stands out to me the most from everything I've heard outside of LA has been Utah. And the wow. Jazz are an interesting team. Like just like Brooklyn, they could be a seller and a buyer. But unlike Brooklyn, while the Nets do have some picks coming back from Phoenix for the KD trade, the Jazz have like eleven first round picks to, at, at at their disposal. I don't know the exact number, so if that's incorrect. I just said like, you know, so shout out aggregators. But I mean, they got five from Rudy Gobert with the swaps. They got five years of draft capital for Donovan Mitchell. They got another pick back in the three-team deal with Minnesota that brought um, Russell Westbrook to Utah, and they bought him out. They got another pick from the Lakers in that uh, trade as well. 
So they got their own picks too. They got plenty of picks to use. And I mean, the Jazz, as well as they've been playing of late, and they seem to have really put themselves into the mix of the play-in tournament. I think the Jazz know, know internally and people around the Jazz know that they have not been able to truly return to the level of like the nine and three start they had last season when Mike Conley was there because they don't have that real veteran point guard who is just manipulating both sides of the floor like Mike Conley was doing for them. So to me, I'd be very intrigued about the idea of adding a two. I mean, when you see DeJounte Murray in person for the first time in a while, which I did last night, the dude is like so broad shouldered. His arms are so long. He's impressive. I, I know there's been, you know, waxing and waning effort levels here as his name's been in and out of the trade talk, and that's only human, I think. But to me, you think about pairing Larry Markin with like a long term guard on his timeline, like they're roughly the same age. I think that'd be, I mean, I think DeJounte would be awesome in Brooklyn too. If I was in Brooklyn, if I was a member of the front office in Brooklyn or a member of the front office in Utah, I'd be pounding the table saying, we got to go get this guy. Cause even if the price is two first round picks, like, I don't think that's that high, especially for the jazz. Yeah. And you talk about like this specifically this year's draft being so weak. You give this year's draft pick if you have it right. Especially if you're the jazz, cause you do. Brooklyn, I don't think they do, right? Um, Their pick goes and to Houston. Yeah, that pick goes to Houston for the Harden trade. So, yeah, you, you think about how weak this draft is, and you're like, I'm really kind of only given one real first-round pick if I'm given next year's or 27s or whatever. So, yeah, DeJounte is yeah. an interesting, an interesting like, case study. And I heard San Antonio might want him back, too. That that would be sort of fascinating. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not buying that one. I, I haven't bought that one for a while. I, I think – I think there are a lot of agents and people around players, let's say, who would love for their guy who's a point guard to go to San Antonio and be the point guard next to Victor Wembanyama. Yeah, I'm sure. And he's a clutch guy too. So that's that's interesting. Speaking of clutch, I saw that news story where um, – <laughs> and you know I've got my own thoughts about – clutch and they're just such like the godfather of the nba like just the mafioso like there's there's got to be like a sit down and a smooth over process it's just wild but apparently there's been a smooth over between uh clutch rich paul and the knicks organization what's that mean do you think in terms of like actual meaningful moves you got to remember the fact that lebron james has had several agents over his career. He was with Aaron Goodwin, and then he was with Leon Rose at CAA. And when he was with Leon Rose at CAA, I don't know the particulars of who asked who, but Rich Paul ends up working at CAA and like learning the ropes and cutting his teeth in the agent business. If people aren't familiar with the story, it's a pretty amazing story. LeBron met Rich Paul when he was selling like authentic vintage jerseys out of the trunk of his car. I think they even met at the airport. And they just clicked, and LeBron saw the hustle, and they've been working together ever since. And he got his guy in the door, big bad CAA, and Rich learned the ropes, and then he bailed and took LeBron with him. And I think there's always been some type of 
bad blood, you know, hurt feelings type stuff ever since then. So, plus, like, Clutch has been, I mean, CAA has, I mean, the, 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 the agent poaching stuff has always been there where agents are always circling trying to get a guy, especially before their next contract. And I think CAA has been a leader in that clubhouse for the longest time. You know, like the one that just like quickly comes to mind, like Miles Turner last year, he was up for extension talks. Nothing was really happening with his old representation. He goes to CAA, they do a renegotiation extend. He's locked up with the Pacers long-term. And Isaiah Hartenstein left his agent when he was with the Clippers, like right before he went to free agency and they got him like, it definitely is a history there and clutch has started to do that as well right like they they took jeremy grant and they took De'Aaron fox and you go down the list so they have malcolm brogdon now so i mean it's a competition these agencies are fighting for the same bread and like when you fuck with someone's money like it definitely causes hurt feelings so i think with the fact that the Knicks are looking at DeJounte and Malcolm Brogdon and, you know, go down the list, Jordan Clarkson, a lot of clutch clients. Now there was a tough time when they traded for Cam Reddish last year and then like buried him. And I do not believe this to be true, but there was like this conspiracy theorist agent friend of mine who was like pounding the table, telling me the Knicks traded for Cam Reddish to keep uh, him hostage. And this is a CAA versus clutch war. Like, that I don't think is 100% true. But, like, then there's all these rumors about back before the Lakers hired Rob Palenka. Or maybe it was, maybe it was in when there was rumors about him getting fired that, like, uh, Omar Wilkes, who was a clutch guy, was, like, a leading clutch agent. He had Trey Young. He had Anthony Edwards. He recruited a lot of the younger generation of the clutch clients um, before Anthony Edwards then left as well. Like, there was a rumor that he was going to go be the Lakers GM. And, like, I think that was out there because Paolo Boncaro had signed with CAA for his NIL stuff while he was at Duke. And he was clearly shopping around. And that rumor, I think, was out there from CAA trying to, like, don't sign with this guy. He's going to go run the Lakers. And then, lo and behold, Paolo went and signed with Mike Miller anyway. So, like, the agent world is super, super murky and... I think to really answer your question, like any sit down there is probably just a mending of offenses with the idea that a lot of his Rich Paul's clients are on the Knicks radar right now. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Yeah, that's that's kind of what I saw too. Like maybe that means that there's a higher likelihood for Malcolm Brogdon to go there. Maybe there's a higher likelihood for Jordan Clarkson to go there. Both backup point guards that they could absolutely use. Um, so in terms of like contenders, we've got teams like Minnesota that want to maybe get a backup point guard. You've got the Bucks who clearly have some deficiencies as well. Um, you know, Miami made their big move for Terry Rozier, which we didn't even mention. Like in terms of contenders, like who do you think actually does something? Contenders who, I mean, Minnesota is definitely like looking at all kinds of backup point cards. That's without a doubt. I know that to be true in the East Boston. I think they're, we're going to see them look at, you know, they've got a $6.25 million trade exception. So whether that be a reserve big man or another wing player, I think they'll be looking there. Milwaukee. I wrote this um, the day after Milwaukee fired Adrian Griffin. Like they've been trying to see what this number 35 pick Pat Connaughton and campaign package can go get them. New York, you know, I'm considering them a contender right now. We talked about their guard stuff there. Philly, I think is like a total wild card now with all the Joel Embiid stuff. I I really don't have like an up-to-date perspective on them, to be quite honest. I need to check in with some people there. But you go back to the West, like the Clippers I don't think are doing much. Denver I don't think are doing much. Like I think the teams that are at like the real competitive landscape in the West, Phoenix is absolutely out there looking to see what they can get with Nasir Little's salary, which is $6.25 million and two second-round picks. They've got four seconds to trade, but I don't think they want to use all of them. And Sacramento's been trying to see what they can do. You're kings. They've been trying to see what they can do with Harrison Barnes. But I just don't I don't see an obvious upgrade of Harrison Barnes out there. Even like as much as they get attached to Kyle Kuzma. I don't know how much of a upgrade Kyle Kuzma is on Harrison Barnes, aside from the fact that he's a lot younger. I agree with that. And Kyle Kuzma, there's there's definitely some upside for him defensively. He played really well on that uh, Lakers championship squad. He can hit those catch-and-shoot corner threes. He can rebound. He's like a very underrated rebounder, I think, and get seven, eight rebounds for you when he's like really trying. I I think there's probably some cultural like fit question marks. Like he's kind of a little bit of a chucklehead. And what are you really doing locking them up for, you know, a long period of time? There's going to be other guys that they can go after. I, I don't – you're right. I don't see the Kings really doing much uh, at the deadline either. The Bulls, though, I thought they would be active. And now it looks like – I mean, it feels like they have to be active to do something. And now all the rumors are that they're doing nothing at the deadline. Which is basically the same thing last year, right? Like there was all this talk about Vucevic and Demar, and everyone wanted to see what they would do with Kobe White because he was out there for a while. And now, you know, they, they definitely started to look at Levine this summer. Like that's kind of something that I think fans don't really understand that I, I've always have tried to really contextualize as I've shifted into this transaction world. Like there are two, there's two windows to get business done every like NBA calendar it's the trade deadline and then the off season and each one bent like starts the stage for the next one. So that's why I was saying like the Jalen green stuff, you know, could happen 
in the summer. Like the, the Bulls first started looking at and taking Zach Levine feelers this summer, and then when it didn't start to work out in the season, like it wasn't a surprise to hear his name come back up. But they're still in the thick of the playing tournament, and I think there's just like still a belief in Chicago. Similar to Toronto, you talked about you, you were comparing the Nets to the Bull to the Raptors, which like that was a good one. I kind of like that. I hadn't thought about that before. Chicago, I'd say, is similar too, but not in the sense of like the overvaluation of their guys. The Bulls are like Toronto in that they are still clutching on to the hope that their roster is good, and <laughs> Kobe White, like I guess, is like uh, a reason to believe that, right? Like they took him number seven. He has fine. I mean, Kobe White's looking like a fucking G out there. Like that dude is so shifty and like dangerous with the ball in his hands. He's been one of my most favorite players to watch. But like, I don't know. I think if we get if we come, there isn't a Zach Levine market. Like the only real thing I think that's possible for Zach Levine right now is Detroit. So if that's not there, I think the Bulls are just gonna batter down the hatches and try to make a playoff push out of the nine seed in the playing tournament, like they've done the last couple of years. Yeah, and I could just see them getting like Killian Hayes back, you know, <laughs> like in some salary filler and and it just being a disaster. The Bulls are interesting because you're right. Like they're just a delusional organization. They believe they I think that they truly are believers, but also there's a wink and a nod that like we really don't need to contend past like a play in game yeah. that gets us the revenue for the UC. There's long been that sentiment around the league that Chicago has such a brand recognition from the Michael Jordan days. And even, you know, I, I remember noticing it on my post-grad Euro trip in 2016. And every time I go abroad now, Derrick Rose, a red Derrick Rose Chicago Bulls jersey is still one of the most like popular jerseys internationally. Like the Bulls are just one of those global brands and it doesn't seem like there is as much intention from the up, 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 up top of the Bulls franchise to go compete for a title as there is to be just in the playoff picture and getting some first round gate revenue. Yeah. Let's play a game called uh, move or no move to, to like close this out. Actually, really quick. Who's the, before we do that, who's the one person, because I did, I wanted to ask this, the one person that we're not talking about that gets moved you know that's something everyone's been asking me the last like 48 hours if if there was someone like i'd be saying it to be honest i it's not gonna be lebron i'll tell you that i don't know i mean we jeremy grant's name's been out there i keep writing other people keep writing the portland trailblazer we love want to move him if some team came and offered portland three picks and something for jeremy grant like i think they'd have to think about that Jeremy Grant's been fucking awesome. He really has been a joy to watch. And he's, he's not that old. Mm -hmm. And if you're talking about like one guy on um, like a max deal with a bunch of youngins and like Anthony Simons, who, by the way, looks underpaid right now at $25 million a year. He's balling. Balling. Scoot had 30 last night. Just I'm just drinking the Kool-Aid. And Jeremy Grant's a big reason why. Um yeah. So we'll see what happens. Everybody that I talk to on the Blazers says they want to keep them. Yeah. The Blazers had this idea that they can be the Houston Rockets of this year. And instead of going out and signing Fred and Dylan Brooks and whatever, they already have Fred and Dylan Brooks and Malcolm Brogdon and Jeremy Grant. 
Yeah. All right. So move or no move. Kelly Olenek. I'll say move. Expiring contract. Miami? Could be Miami. I've heard Boston would be interested there. New York, I've heard for their backup stuff. I mean, could he end up being someone? You know, that's one thing with Philly, right? Like, they they got three games now to look at Paul Reed and Mo Bamba. You know, do they also even just consider the fact that, you know, how long do L and B's out? What what whatever? Like, are they going to want more artillery in the front court? Like, maybe. Colin Sexton. I'll say move. I'll say move. I think he's played his way into being someone that's attractive. And if there's a deal with Utah for DeJounte Murray, I would suspect Colin Sexton would be part of it. Miles Bridges. I'm going to say no move. I do think that the Hornets have a potential benefit to keeping him, whether they want to resign him or not, or have the opportunity to do a sign and trade this summer because if they deal him now he will lose his bird rights which means any team that is over the cap will not be able to re-sign him so they have a much wider range of trade partners if they were to wait for a sign and trade this summer mm. the bogdanoviches i'll say bogdan no the hawks seem to love that dude and like if there's two untouchables in Atlanta, that's Trey and Jalen Johnson, make it to 2.5 with Bogdan. I think Bojan, the Pistons are now starting to seem like they're at least willing to listen more. But even then, like they could have gotten two first round picks to my knowledge for him, like to go back to the Dorian Smith stuff last year. And I just, I don't know why the Pistons wouldn't be wanting to do interest at that price. All right. How about, yeah, Jordan Clarkson. I have so much more respect for Jordan Clarkson now after being in Manila for the World Cup and seeing him be a goddamn prophet amongst the people and having him handle it just like the most chill way possible. So shout out Jordan Clarkson. I think he'll get moved. He, uh, he's he got a lot of value, I think, for playoff. T- like he, he's think of Joe, think of Jordan Clarkson as like what Joe Johnson was for the second half of his career. Like, I think he's someone a lot of playoff teams will look at and think, man, if we just give that dude the rock for five minutes in a playoff game, our offense will be fine. Yeah, like just almost like Lou Williams-esque or Jamal Crawford back in the day for the Clippers. Uh, Yeah, he's been awesome. Daniel Gafford, move or no move? I'll say move. I think of all those guys in Washington, we're like – you, you can you think about price, interest, contract, age. There's a big backup center market right now. I, th- I mean, he's been connected to too many places. So, I mean, one of them was kind of off the board in Houston, I would say. I think the Rockets got their center edition. I didn't think necessarily it would be for an injured player, but we you know, we definitely heard about Robert Williams. So, you know, that, that's showing a bit of a longer view in the room there. But – I don't know. Maybe, maybe they will want another name with Jock Landell's salary and other pieces. So it's possible there, but he's been linked to New York. I've heard him many, many places. So Daniel Gaffer, I'll say move. Time Lord, speaking of. I don't think so. I, I really only heard him for Houston, and I don't think they want to really move him either, Portland. Really? That's yeah. that's interesting. So they still think that that trade was like a good package that they got back. 
Yeah, I think, I think, from my understanding, Portland really did value the players that they came that they brought back compared to draft picks, and not just for mm. retrade value. The fact, like, they have an idea of wanting to be good next year. They really do. Bruce Brown, move or no move? Move. The Raptors want a first. I'd say, to me, the most likely scenario for New York and for Bruce Brown is that he goes there. That's my that's my educated guess at this moment. Hmm. Gordon Hayward, move or no move? I'll say no move, but that he'll be bought out and he'll be available on the free agent market. Any Golden State Warriors, move or no move? They're looking. You know, it's not going to be Steph. It's not going to be Clay. It's not going to be Draymond. It's not going to be Kaminga. It's not going to be Pods. It's not going to be TJD. I think everyone else is fair game. That's like only six guys. Not yeah. Kaminga, not Moody. No, Moody or yes? Moody, I Wiggins. still have been told they don't want to move him. Wiggins is the name out there for sure. And, I mean, there's various packages that I've heard about. You know, Dallas continues to be a team that's interested in him. I don't know if there's going to be something that the Warriors look at come February 8th and say, this is better than having Andrew Wiggins with us. But his name is certainly, certainly out there. A team that's sort of in a disaster spot right now with assets that they do not need. Uh, Marcus Smart, move or no move? No. I wrote that Friday. I've been told definitively the Grizzlies have shut down any and all interest in Marcus Smart. Wow. Um, Clint Capella, move or no move? I'll say no move, not for the Hawks' lack of interest. I just think there were only a few teams that were in on him last year at the trade uh, or at the draft uh, window. One of them was Dallas. They got Derek Lively. Houston, you know, like I said, maybe there's still opportunity for them to get a center, but it seems like they might have gotten made their center move already. And he's just declined. Like he's not bad by any stretch, but he is definitely not, no longer being considered like the top tier starting center that he was. Nick Claxton. No, I'll no, say no. I, it's really hard to get a read on what the Nets are actually thinking about him. I've always been told by them that we love Nick. We want to keep Nick. And now, though, the word is out there that he wants like $30 million in free agents this summer. So will they be willing to pay that price? We'll find out. But I, I don't think they're going to trade him. I don't. Jeez. And finally, <laughs> let's go uh, D'Angelo Russell. Move or no move? I'll say move just being that I have been told that the Hawks are confident that they could find a third team to move him to if that three-team concept that the Lakers with Jalen Huchifino and the 2029 first and the swap has come up. I, I think there are teams that would be willing to take him back, and I do think Brooklyn would be interested. I do think they would. Brooklyn is like at the heart of so many of this in such weird ways, getting their own players back, shipping their, their players to the old places that they might have already been. It's just, uh, they're a hilarious a team. Really. Weird time at the clays. It's a weird time at the clays. Weird time at the clays. Your hood, Brooklyn, New York, Jake Fisher coming at us on a Saturday for a Monday podcast episode, rocking the sunglasses post Hawks win over the Phoenix Suns. 
There you go. Well, I can't I can't wait to see how this whole thing shakes out. Thanks for uh, giving us a little bit of the nuggets of your wisdom. Thank you, dude. Always a pleasure. That's all the time that we have for this episode of the Heat Check. Massive thanks to Jake Fisher for coming on. On his busiest of weeks, come back tomorrow for an all-new episode. Check out the feed for past episodes and mini-episodes, which drop unexpectedly like the last leaf of fall. Do not forget to follow the Heat Check all season long. That means download. That means subscribe. That means tell all your friends. Even that nice guy at the U-Haul that wanted to give you a 19-inch TV when you say, hey, brother, ain't nobody got 19-inch TVs right now, except for my mom who's trying to buy me a 19-inch TV to put in the back bedroom when I come and say hi. Tell him, hey, that's the size of an iPad, fam. You can't watch the heat check on it. Well, no one can because my YouTube's still broken. Anyway, follow us on social at this heat check and at Trista Crick on TikTok, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out our new NBA show, Beyond the Arc, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, where you can find me, John Gonzalez, NBA insider Bill Ryder, and Ashley Nicole Moss, five days a week talking all things NBA. Whether you're looking for insightful discussions, upbeat commentary, breaking news, interviews, or coverage of all the biggest stories in the NBA, our new show is the place to be five days a week. Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts.